Amen. Well, it's great to be in the house of the Lord with each of you here today. Always an honor to gather to God's house with his people. Amen. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to the book of Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. We are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Those that have gone before us, men and women of faith, so many frames, so many names. Surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, and then the text says this, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. I remember when I was younger riding my dirt bike, and we used to come out of the ditches and we'd see how far we could catwalk. And I remember this one occasion I came out of the ditch and there I was catwalking, seeing how far I could make it. And I found myself in the midst of this great act, seeing how far I could go and there I was looking around to make sure that the crowd, everybody was watching. To make sure that they were watching and to see their reaction. And so there I am in the midst of this great act and the front tire begins to make its way down to the ground and so I thought at that point I should look straight ahead. And when I looked straight ahead and the wheel came down to the ground, a tree branch caught me in the neck. And there I found myself on the ground on my back. Those were the days when we didn't have all the protective gear that the children have today. I mean, children today are so padded up they can hardly move. We only had an open face motorcycle helmet, if we even wore that at some times. And when I read Hebrews 12, I thought of what happened that day. You know, if I would have been looking ahead, that would have never happened. If I would have had my eyes fixed where they should have been fixed, if I would have been looking ahead, yet I guess, well, I wouldn't have had the story to tell today. And yes, so true, whom the Lord loves, he chastens. And so lesson learned that day. You know, I'd like to say to all of us here today, and I know for many of us, this is no new news, but it is so important and imperative that we keep looking where we ought to. Where we keep our eyes fixed on what our eyes are to be fixed upon. 
The message paraphrase reads, do you see what this means, all these pioneers who blazed the way? All these veterans cheering us on. It means we'd better get on with it. Maybe that's the word you need to hear today. Strip down, start running, and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it. Study how your Lord and Savior did it. Because he never lost sight of where he was headed. You know, I think in our land of the distracted driving laws that have been set in place, and the truth is, I've been in many conversations, and we may not like the fact that we can't handle our phones as we drive like we used to, but there's no doubt we can understand why such a law is in place. We can understand why the law has been put in place. You know, I've seen people running, and I'm sure many here today have, running, not looking where they're going, and they run into a pole. I myself have been moving forward, not looking where I'm going, and I've run into other people. But one person that never lost sight of where he was headed, Jesus. And so the answer for us is to look unto Jesus. To look unto the one who never lost sight of where he was headed. Now I know that he is the author and the finisher of faith, but I trust it's your heart as it is mine that he would be the author and finisher of my faith. And so I must look unto him as the text commands we do. Keep our eyes on him. And I love the imagery, the great cloud of witnesses cheering us on. We hear their voices cheering us on. Those that have gone before us, we think of all the saints that have, that have gone before us and blazed the trail and followed hard after Jesus Christ and looked unto him all the days of their life and now they're in glory with him. The great cloud of witnesses cheering us on and yet our eyes are fixed locked and set on Jesus. I've been to a few races in my life where there are those on the track running. How about the hurdles? I've never seen a hurdle runner running, running down the track, focused on the crowd. <laughs> We've got to keep our eyes fixed on where we're headed. This is the key to us never losing sight of where we are headed, looking unto Jesus. We continue reading from the message, he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor, right alongside God. And this is a word to us here today. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story again, item by item, that long litany of hostility he plowed through. 
That'll shoot adrenaline into your souls. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. You know how true it is. He could put up with anything along the way, and he did. And I want to remind us today of the promise of God found in Romans 8, 37. The text reads, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Now we head back to Hebrews. In the message once again, it says, in this all-out match against sin. That's what we're in. In this all-out match against sin, others have suffered far worse than you. To say nothing of what Jesus went through, all that bloodshed, so, don't feel sorry for yourselves. It's one of the great tactics of the enemy is to have believers start feeling sorry for themselves. Now, we understand just how important this race is, and if we don't understand today how important this race really is, I pray that we would begin to understand. That we would feel the weight of it and the pressure and the seriousness and the gravity. Will we face things along the way? Yes. And the enemy will come to do what in these moments? In these moments and those moments as we face Things along the way, the enemy will come to have us feel sorry for ourselves. Verse 3 in the New King James Version, For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. And so I'd ask today, is there anybody here that's weary? Anybody here today that's discouraged? feeling sorry for yourself. You know, the only answer, prescription that I can give is this. Consider him. Consider him. You say that sounds so simple. Why make it complex? One thing I'm so very thankful for in my life, and I thank the Lord for it so often, is the chastening of the Lord. Where would we be without it? Think about your own life. Without the chastening, the discipline, the correction, the teaching of the Lord, where would you be? Where would you be without it? Who would you be without it? What would you be? Without it. Verses 4 to 11 in the message in this all out match against sin, others have suffered far worse than you. To say nothing of what Jesus went through, all that bloodshed. So don't feel sorry for yourselves. Or have you forgotten how good parents treat children and that God regards you as his children? My dear child, don't shrug off God's discipline. But don't be crushed by it either. 
It's the child he loves that he disciplines. The child he embraces, he also corrects. God is educating you. That's why you must never drop out. He's treating you as dear children. This trouble you're in isn't punishment, it's training. The normal experience of children. Only irresponsible parents leave children to fend for themselves. And so I, I read the next line, and there's a question mark at the end of these few words. Would you prefer an irresponsible God? There's a culture that would prefer an irresponsible God. We respect our own parents for training and not spoiling us, so why not embrace God's training so we can truly live? While we were children, our parents did what seemed best to them, but you know, God is doing what is best for us, training us to live God's holy best. At the time, discipline isn't much fun. It always feel like it's, it feels like it's going against the grain. Later, of course, it pays off big time, for it's the well-trained who find themselves mature in their relationship with God. I love the words of Charles Spurgeon. He said these words, in heaven we shall see that we had not one trial too many. You see, we're looking from this side, but when we look from the other side, when we join the great cloud of witnesses, we will see that it was all necessary and the key to success, facing it all, is to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, looking unto Jesus. You know, I'd say to us all here today that it is a day to rejoice. Each day is a day to rejoice, no matter what we're facing, no matter what we're going through, because God is educating us each day. And training is the normal experience of children. And this training we're facing pays off big time. You know, this is the proof of his love. He's not an irresponsible God, an irresponsible father. His care and concern for us is the proof of his love. And if our eyes are looking where they should be, we will never lose sight of this. Verses 12 and 13 in the New King James Version, therefore, Strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated but rather be healed. The voice Bible reads, so lift up your hands that are dangling. Embrace your weakened knees. Make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame in you won't be put out of joint but will be healed. It will heal. We are in a race. The Bible says it's true. We're running a race together, but really we're running a race alone. The individual before God. We live our life before him. The key is that we need to keep looking unto Jesus and not become distracted. Not begin looking at other things. 
stay fixed on him. It's a day to attend to faith. You know, I love how the Passion Translation reads, so be made strong even in your weakness by lifting up your tired hands in prayer and worship and strengthen your weak knees for as you keep walking forward on God's paths, all your stumbling ways will be divinely healed. This is not what the world teaches or preaches, but this is the truth of God. This is the miracle of Christian living, of godly living. If you're feeling weak or weary, the word of the Lord today is keep moving. If you're feeling tired, the word of the Lord is keep moving. Don't give up, don't let up, don't sit down, don't exit the race, don't let your eyes wander. The word of the Lord today is consider Jesus. You say, I need to take some time off. I'm tired, I'm weary. I need to regain my strength. Lift my hands. I'm so tired. The only answer I can give today is consider Jesus. Start praying and worshiping like never before. Lift up those tired hands and strengthen your weak knees as you keep walking and moving forward. And I feel the word of the Lord today for many in this house is this. You may feel like you don't have the strength to run right now, but as you keep moving forward on God's path, all your stumbling ways will be divinely healed. Matthew 11, verse 12. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. This is a living book. The word of the Lord. It's alive today. The Passion Translation reads, from the moment John stepped onto the scene until now. Declare it today. The hour and moment that we are living right now. From the moment John stepped onto the scene until right now. The realm of heaven's kingdom is bursting forth. And passionate people have taken hold of its power. I want to ask a question today. How's the passion level? Don't start thinking about somebody else or comparing yourself to somebody else. My, I'm doing way better than my spouse. How's the passion level today? Who are we passionate about? What are we passionate about? When are we passionate? Good question. Where are we passionate? How are we passionate and why are we passionate? Yes, the who, what, when, where, how, and why. Passionate people, 
passionate about Jesus. How's the passion level today? Passionate people, passionate about the kingdom, the gospel message, and the gospel mandate. Passionate about holiness, righteousness, about prayer and worship and the good book. How's the passion level? Passionate people, passionate when they are, this might be a tough one for some, in the valley. Passionate when they're on the mountaintop and passionate anywhere in between. How's the passion level? Passionate people, passionate at church, passionate at home, passionate at work, passionate at all times for what is good and godly. Passionate people, passionate according to the standard of the Bible. Passionate people. You know, the question is, how could we not be? For look what the Lord has done. Psalm 126, verse 3, the Lord has done great things for us, and we are glad. How's the passion level? I love this interpretation of the text. From the moment John stepped onto the scene until now. The realm of heaven's kingdom is bursting forth. And passionate people have taken hold of its power. And so, yeah, another question this morning. What now? Now that you've stepped on the scene. From the time John stepped on the scene until now. What now? Now that you've stepped on the scene. Now that you and your spouse have stepped on the scene. Now that your family stepped on the scene. What now that we've stepped on the scene? You see, it's so true. The realm of heaven's kingdom is bursting forth. And it's still true today that passionate people have and are taking hold of its power. The reality today is that the great cloud of witnesses, their eyes are on us, not on those of the past. Their eyes are on us, they're cheering us on. I want to share these words with you. Genesis tells us that the more man multiplied on the earth, the more violent he became. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence, so God looked upon the earth, and indeed it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth, Genesis 6, 11 and 12. There is another different kind of violence taking place in this last day. Indeed, I see a godly people with an aggressive faith being raised up, this holy remnant is full of Jesus, loving him with all their hearts. These believers see a mad devil coming at them with everything in his power, and they know they have more of hell to face than any other generation before them. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force, Matthew eleven twelve. This remnant is going to rise up and say, 
I'm not going to let the devil steal my joy and peace. I will not let him plant seeds of grudges, murder, hatred, or violence in me. No. I'm going to rise up in Jesus' power and live victoriously above this demonic filth. Dear saint, dear saint, to all the saints here today, God wants to put a fight in you. If you have been guilty of any of these forms of violence, quickly repent before the Lord and obey his word. That's all he asks. May God put a holy zeal and faith in you beyond anything you have ever known. He wants you to be able to stand against Satan's wicked devices. The only spirit of violence we are going to have is a violent faith. It will be a strong, holy violence that comes full force against the gates of hell and the strongholds of the enemy. And by the power of God, we will bring them all down in Jesus' name. Violent faith. Violent faith. Aggressive faith. You see, the truth is we have more of hell to face. More of hell to face. But we have a holy anger that won't relent. I want to go over this again and simply declare this in this place today, and I trust that you'll take it and run with it. Do not let the devil steal your joy and peace. You know he comes each day to do that. Sometimes he comes morning, late morning, at noon, early afternoon, two o'clock, you know, siesta time, right around dinner time, evening, you wake up in the middle of the night, he's trying to steal your joy and peace. Don't let the devil steal your joy and peace. Every day rise up, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in him. Do not let the devil plant seeds of grudges. He hasn't stopped doing that. Seeds of murder, hatred, or violence. And the word to us is rise up in Jesus' power. It's a power that is yours, ours, mine to take hold of. Rise up above this demonic filth. Ask the Lord to put a holy zeal and faith in you, in you personally. Lord, put a holy zeal and faith in me beyond anything I have ever known. You may not believe it today, but I'm here to declare to you that the Lord wants you, yes, you, to be able to stand against Satan's wicked devices. The book of Matthew, chapter 16, verses 18 and 19. These are the words we find. I will build my church in the gates of Hades, the gates of hell, shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, 
And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. The message paraphrase, this is what it says. I will put together my church, a church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. We read words like this, and the truth is today, these are the words of our Lord, not the words of some mortal man. Our Lord said, I will build my church. Our Lord said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Our Lord said, guess what? I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. He's declaring to his people today, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. The voice reads, I will build my church and the church will reign triumphant even at the gates of hell. You know, the Holy Spirit is here today working on hearts. Working on the unbeliever working on the believer. It's a day to look unto Jesus, the author and finisher, the author and finisher of faith. Make it more personal today, the author and finisher of your faith. Keep looking unto Jesus. The name of Jesus Christ is hell's terror heaven's delight, and earth's hope. A wise man once said these words, we have to look to Christ every day as we did at the very first. I have to look to Christ every day like I did at the very first. My prayer for the church today is this, God grant us violent faith God grant us violent faith in these days. God grant us a people that advance the kingdom. Passionate people taking hold of its power. God grant us a people that go and spread abroad the Savior's blessed name for he is the world's only hope. Let's have the worship team return today. Jesus. Looking unto Jesus. Eyes fixed on Jesus, the one who never lost sight of where he was headed. Maybe you're here today and you've lost sight of where you're headed. The only answer today is consider him. Look to him. Begin to study how he did it. Begin to follow today. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. You know, I thought about this. What did John cry out? Behold the Lamb of God. John 1.29, the next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. 
Verse 36, and looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, behold, the Lamb of God. Can we not see today that there is something about looking at Jesus, beholding Jesus, taking notice of Jesus, fixing our eyes on Jesus, no matter what's going on around us, good crowd, bad crowd. There's something about fixing our eyes on Jesus that it changes everything. Keep your eyes on him. Scripture not on the screen today, Isaiah 45, verse 22. Look unto me and be saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am God and there is no other. Psalm 32, 8, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Psalm 16, verse 8, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. I will not be shaken. Make that your verse today. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. Maybe your eyes are on the Lord right now. Your eyes are on other things, distractions and attractions. It's messing with your progress. It's messing with your race. Losing sight of where you're headed. I keep my eyes always on Jesus. I will not be shaken. Corey Ten Boom said these words, if you look at the world, oh, this is so true. If you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. But if you look at Christ, you'll be at rest. I don't know, I mean, that is so true. You know, if you're a child, maybe you don't have a care in the world, right? <laughs> I remember a day when it was like that. But you look at the hell we're facing today, and it is hell. The demonic filth we are facing today. And that's exactly what it is. Let's not try and, you know, paint it as something that it's not. We look at the world and it's so easy to become distressed and you get in conversation even with other believers. It's just like, you know what's going on? You know what's going on? What the hell's going on? The world's going to hell. And they're freaking out. They got no peace. They got no rest because they're not focused on Jesus. They're not looking at Jesus. They're looking at all these other things, right? You know what it's like when you get in conversation with a believer that's been reading the wrong report, when the Bible says, who has believed our report? You know what those conversations are like. The truth is you walk away and your spirit's distressed. We look at the world, distress. And maybe this isn't a reality for you, but it just might be when you look, you look within, you, you become depressed. We see our weaknesses, we see our frailties, we see our shortcomings. So the only answer is to look to Jesus. 
look to Jesus, our peace surpasses all human understanding. Look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of faith, the one who never lost sight of where he was headed. Proverbs 4, verses 25 to 27. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. I trust you can receive the word of the Lord today.